RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. This is Reality Check Radio. I'd like to welcome to the program Kirsten Wise, the Mayor of Napier, who's here to update us on the 50-50 funding arrangement between central government and the Hawke's Bay Councils for the buyout of Category 3 homes following, you know what, Cyclone Gabriel. Kirsten Wise, welcome to RCR. Thanks for coming on this morning. Oh, Paul, my pleasure to be here. Okay, so this has been a deal that's been struck here. Give us a bit of backstory how this came about, this 50-50 funding arrangement, if you don't mind. Oh, look, um, no problem at all. So obviously we entered into negotiations with the government uh, several weeks ago now to try and um, ultimately our number one priority was to try and get some certainty for our local community, in particular those property owners that have been severely impacted by the cyclone. Um, When the negotiations started The one thing that was made very clear right from day one is that the cost sharing for the property buyout was not open for negotiation. The offer on the table uh, from the government was the 50-50 cost sharing proposition uh, and we were uh, unable to to budge that at all. Uh, I I take Uh, it you gave it a go, you you tried to budget? We absolutely, we absolutely um, gave it a go but it, it was just constant and um, constantly reiterated from the government's negotiating team that that was not open for negotiation yeah. um, and initially they were only going to talk to us about the property buyouts that was all they were were going to to put on the table and our negotiation team did an incredible job to essentially get the government to understand that without looking at flood protection in particular and some funding around that, we could possibly have thousands more properties who would move into the Category 3 and then require a buyout. So uh, so they negotiated hard and that is how we got um, the additional $203 million on the table for flood protection and then subsequent to that um, $260 million for the transport and roading infrastructure. Okay, for flood protection, that's future flood protection to not be in the situation again. Is that what the thinking is there? Uh, it is a combination of reinstatement and future. So uh, there are a number of the areas where obviously the... the uh, damaged properties was caused by breaches of our stop banks. Yep. So um, the regional council is has got an extensive work program to uh, rebuild those stop banks. And uh, quite frankly, it, it was beyond um, their financial ability to be able to fund all that alone. And that is where the government has um, obviously uh, offered us the $203.5 million, which will ensure that... Um, and it is, it is over a 1,000 properties that are currently sitting within Category 2. Uh, with this investment in the flood protection, they will be able to move into a Category 1 and, and those owners will be able to move forward so, and, um, you know, yeah. refurb their properties and, and carry on with yeah. their lives, yeah. With, with that flood protection, I don't want to get hung up on that, but just got a few questions. So that's if any future events hit, right? Uh, but you're telling me that some of the stop banks that – the protection that was there before has been degraded. Is that what you're saying? That's correct, yeah. So there were breaches. Um, the bulk of our stock banks are 
to the to, to a one in one hundred year event standard. So the priority initially is to return them all to a one in one hundred year event, which is sort of you know the um, the standard across the country. And then we will look to um, see if we can actually upgrade some of those to a one in five hundred year stop bank. Currently, we only have one stop bank in uh, the whole of sort of Hawke's Bay, that's a one in 500, which is out in our suburb Teradale. Um, and ultimately, it's always that balancing act between what's affordable and ensuring that we can protect those most vulnerable areas. Yeah, because um, if you're talking once in 100 years, and I think um, the event that happened around Gabriel was kind of, I don't know if there was a, a more serious one since the 30s. You've got a long time to wait maybe for the next one. Some of that money could have gone in to addressing the 50-50 split is what I'm thinking. Well, uh, I guess the sticking point is that unless we invested in these um, stop banks and flood protection, the property owners sitting in Category 2 at the moment wouldn't have been able to have surety of insurance payouts. Uh, so right, to okay. allow allow them to move forward, we have to be able to provide certainty to the likes of the insurance companies that those properties have got adequate protection. So how many homes are in Category 3, just so we get our heads around the scale of it? So here in Napier, we've got 20, and Hastings has got the bulk of them. The number has been moving a little bit over the last couple of weeks, um, but it is in the high 200s. So who has more resources, the Napier or the Hastings Council? Because it sounds like Hastings are in for more of a spend. Oh, they certainly are, and for more of a spend, they obviously will um, receive more of the funding for the 50-50 um, cost-sharing buyouts as well. Uh, but yes, and this is why we have been working together as a region. We're really conscious that it's important that we all work together and support our neighbouring councils. Um, and, and our communities are quite intrinsically linked. So, for example, our 20 properties that are Category 3, some of them literally live across the road from some of the Hastings properties that are Category 3. So we're really trying to take that holistic approach to it all. Okay, I note also that the Cyclone Recovery Minister, who is listed here as Grant Robertson, I presume it's still him, uh, Finance Minister, of course, has previously stated that we know that with climate change there will be more severe weather events like this in the future. Do you agree with him? Is that what you believe? Oh, certainly based on the information that we're receiving. Where's the information coming from? where does the information come from? NEWA? Uh, that NEWA and, and various sources. Yes, but Ian Wishart has shown that NEWA are not uh, very credible on this. So I'm just wondering um, if you're buying into this narrative that Grant Robertson is pushing here. I guess at the end of the day, our first priority is ensuring that we're spending money to protect our community. Here in Napier, we've had two severe weather events uh, in the period I've been the mayor. Uh, and... We just, and as I said, actually the funding is is going towards reinstating uh, infrastructure to to the previous standard, uh, which is an absolute necessity. So at the end of the day, whether we're anticipating um, an increase in frequency of these events, um, the number one priority is ensuring that our infrastructure is robust and can cope with what I have seen in my period um, of four years of being the Mayor of Napier, uh, what what we need to do to protect our community. Okay, and last question, affordability. Um, it's quite a, even with you know paying 50% of it, it's quite a bit of money. Where does that come from on your side? 
So obviously our primary source of income as a local government authority is from our ratepayers and uh, as part of this offer that we currently have um, endorsed in principle, we are now going out to our community to consult with them and ask them, uh, are you supportive of your local council essentially um, commencing a new activity, commencing a new service that a local council has never done before, which is the buyout of residential properties, uh, because it's their ratepayer money that will be funding our 50% share. Uh, so we're about to head out in a couple of weeks' time and seek that feedback from our community. Okay, and how long will that process take? And what if the feedback is, no, we don't want you to do it? What do you do then? Well, that is the question that we put to the minister, and I guess you know we just have to go through the, the the process that we're legislatively required to work through, and we're anticipating uh, that by about the. 25th of September we will be at the end of that consultation process and you know I'm very much looking forward to hearing what our community thinks about this and then we will clearly pass on that feedback uh, to the government and to the minister as well. Also there could be a change of government within about a month of uh, that period that you just talked about. Why not hang on and try and get a better deal from a new government? And, you know, we did um, discuss that option as a region, and I guess being very conscious that actually when you get a new government, it takes them several months to actually, you know, get settled in and and get underway properly, which would put us out to potentially February or March of next year before we could actually start having a serious conversation with them. And, you know, as I said at the the start of, of this interview, our number one priority has been to actually provide some certainty to our most impacted property owners and for them to have to sit and wait until, you know, the first quarter of next year for a new conversation just to commence, which could then take another several months, um, just sort of was was not acceptable to us. Uh, at the same time, we uh, are not saying this is this is the end of our conversation with the government as far as we're concerned this is the first round of funding, um, and we will most definitely be going back to whoever uh, the government is post-October elections and saying, okay, that was a good start, but um, this we need more, and let's start talking about that. Okay, Kirsten Wise, the Mayor of Napier, thanks for coming on our program and uh, explaining all that. We appreciate it. No problem at all. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.